Hello and welcome to The Projector Playground, a space created by and for projectors in the human design system. In this podcast, we will be exploring all things related to human design through a projector lens, what it means to be a guide and energy weaver for others, and how learning, playing, and resting are our signature tickets to success. I am your host, Eliana Miranda, and I am so deeply honored to be guiding us all into the psychedelic gardens that is our projector energy field. Our aura is focused, our seeing is psychic, and our invitations are made of magic. So if you are ready to play the projector way, then join us in this episode of The Projector Playground. Hello and welcome back to The Projector Playground, a podcast for all of us sweet projectors to gather around the fires of our wisdom and knowledge and recruit more information from the guides, guardians, and allies of The Projector Playground, The Paradise Timelines, The Projector Mainframe of Consciousness, and help us to come to new conclusions, more insights, more realizations, and completions of ourselves. So I've said before, either on here, but definitely on my Instagram, that you know the first season of the Projector Playground came through as a very clear transmission from my guides. I was doing a cleanse. My husband was out of town, so I was, you know, unhooked from Manny Jenny energy. I was very much a clear conduit for this new kind of project to open up into my field. And it had a, you know, very clear beginning, middle, and end. I was given every specific episode as an idea or an inspiration or an insight that wanted to come through. And then I thought after like 16 episodes of that, that I would be taking a break. That's kind of like how my creativity flows. I have these big creative outbursts and, you know, inspired energy that flows through. And then there's usually like a a waiting time or an incubation time or a time to kind of digest what was created through me, integrate the information that I received from it. And then eventually the new creative wave comes through again. And that's actually part of my incarnation cross, which was so beautiful to discover. It's part of my unconscious sun and earth is to be able to be open to those waves of creative force moving to me and through me and then giving space for the new kind of intel to come through. So I thought there would be a break after the first one. And then I you know, started getting new insights and ideas and a couple things that I wrote down here and there, but it wasn't clear like the first one. There wasn't like 16 topics that wanted to get spoken about. This one was like a few topics here and there, an invitation from my guides to like send out a question on Instagram to see what other projectors were really interested in hearing and knowing about. Um, And then also like 
on the first season, you know, I was like taking walks with my dog. I was just like getting out there and doing the thing and just talking about the thing. And, and then on this season, um, it was, it was very, um, it was it was invited in, I guess I should say, to sit down at my desk, at my altar, in my studio, where I just do so much energy work and ritual and spiritual practice, and to have that be the kind of surrounding energy of season two. And then it seems like the episodes have kind of come through in that vein as well, where I'm not really feeling called to specific topics. I'm kind of like starting out with an idea in mind of what I'm going to say or what I'm inviting in for us here today. But I'm also pulling cards and like taking a couple breaths. And before each of these episodes, I've been doing my um, kundalini practice, my kundalini sadhanas, the kriya for the 10 bodies. And so that really clears my channel and kind of opens me up to a more meditative space a meditative state and a really spiritual space inside of myself. And then also, you know, vibrating those like mantras and sounds and movements into the studio really um, kind of massages the fields in here as well. So just reminding you or letting you know that like that's how this season has been going and I'll, you know, be so interested to hear how that's landed and what that's kind of looked like for all of you on the receiving end. But I just wanted to kind of give you some context and like a little bit of inside peeks into my line too, you know, to be able to see through the window into my, um, into my magic space and what I do here and how I receive my own guidance and connect in with my own messages and talk to my team, my spiritual team and my guides. And if you're like curious about that kind of practice or want to know kind of what I do when I'm in my studio to get myself into this vibrational state, I did just release the spiritual arts guidebook. And that's a 115 plus page book of a lot of the practices that I do and a lot of the kind of guidance that wanted to flow through for those who read it to do. And Already so many magical people have bought it and it's like so cool to see what times they're buying it, like 111 and 333, just like people that are really tapped in and tuned in and know that it's a valuable toolkit to have in their ritual box is this spiritual arts guidebook. Um, It kind of came through the other day to share that this guidebook was created for the inner child in all of us, the inner child that's seeking spirituality and that's really missing connecting with their spiritual team. Um, you know, their imaginary friends that are actually like this master template of guides and guardians and protectors that have been with us and watching over us since we were just little kids and used to play with us and sip on the teacups and dress up with us and do all the other things that we each individually enjoyed doing as kids um, because that was play for them. The guides are masters and ancient, but they love the like newness of a human experience and they love the childlike wonder of a kid that hasn't been conditioned and uh, filtered into society and, and lost like the true magic of imagination and 
connection to the spiritual realm. So it really is like a beautiful picture book for your inner child. There's a bunch of beautiful photos in there. And then, of course, a wordy transmission about um, really those who are kind of there to receive that message and uh, be kind of invited back into their spiritual arts play and um, also just a couple different practices and insights about um, or how I've been showing up to the altar, how to create an altar, how to set your space, why that's important, how to receive messages, how to keep it grounded and integrate that so it's for the best and highest good of your body, so your space is protected, so you don't invoke any new distortions or nightmares or illusions. And then at the end, I included some of the practices that I've been doing with community over the years. I I put them in as um, like specifically for the equinoxes and solstices because that's how they've really landed in the last couple years is community offerings to do in that kind of space with the turning of the wheel. But they're also ones that I just do on a regular basis that I've done in different contexts, different workshops. So as a guide, you know, as a facilitator, in human design or otherwise, uh, I just think that it would be a good thing to have as some extra teachings and contemplations and practices and breath work and especially for my fellow mountain environments, like having different breath practices is really, really helpful um, to connect in with our higher perspective and our higher vision. But really for anybody, you know, there's like rainbow energy, light body meditations. There's going to the temple of the rainbows and receiving the light codes of the rainbows. There's different breath works, of course, to do. But then there's also just like a lot of energy work included. And that's that's really mostly what the whole booklet is, is just to begin your own energy medicine practice, to begin communicating and speaking with your guides in a way that's, you know, safe and very clear and very channeled in um, to the beings that you're looking to have a conversation with. So if you're interested in knowing more about that, I'll link that in the profile notes. But today I was feeling like the last two episodes felt like almost a part one, part two, and then today was kind of a part three. I don't exactly know what it is, but the um, it was almost like I couldn't move forward into the next topics until I came back and talked a little bit more about projectors in business, about projectors using their energy for things that they want to do, like have fun and play and how to pull our energy out of things that we don't want to do, like uh, working for people that we don't like or working on things that we don't enjoy working on. Um, So I, again, I was like, well, but what do I say about that? And there was a couple things to begin. And then I also just pulled some cards for more information to see if there was anything else here. So one of the things that my guides or me, (laughs) it feels like my guides, but sometimes it's hard to know the difference because we're all one. I feel like I've integrated them and they're also part of me and we're all just different fractals of one crystalline structure of one another. But, um, 
in the last episode, I talked about being kind of the power behind the throne. And I want to talk about that a little bit more because that's that's not the full truth, although to me it feels important for this crowd here. But like there's plenty of projectors that are leaders and that are seen and are actually like sitting on the throne and not just standing behind the throne, like Barack Obama, like such a big one, right? The president of the United States um, wasn't just a voice behind a leadership position, like he was a leader. He was a leader of an entire country. So there are plenty of projectors out there that are meant to be seen, right? That are meant to be physically in the chair and position of leadership and directing and guiding and facilitating their magic through that space. It's very particular to my incarnation cross to be a guide for the leaders, but I also wanted to say that like my incarnation cross is to be a leader. It's the um, it's the incarnation cross that's most uh, subject to becoming a leader, depending upon what the actual mechanics are of the chart. But the way that I look at it and the way that my guides have always shown it to me is that like I'm meant to lead people to the other side of the mountain, which is funny because then I learned that I was a mountain environment in human design. So the messages will come through. Human design will confirm it. Um, but I saw it as like there's this whole world a whole new world of possibilities on the other side of the mountain, but we're so stuck on one perspective, one view of things, one landscape that we don't realize that there's more out there and that it's part of my mission is to guide people around that curve and just to show them that there's so much more available to them, more so than they could see with their own two eyes before taking on that mission and going on that journey and discovering this this new fresh landscape that's really been untouched and unharmed and unburned by the fires of the patriarchy. So the power behind the throne is absolutely part of my mission, but I see it as also like I'm here to be a guide for leaders. Like I'm here to guide you, those to the other side of the mountain, but I'm here to guide leaders to the other side of the mountain. And I guide leaders to the other side of the mountain so that leaders can come back and get their people and get their community and lead their tribes to these new paradigms, to these new timelines, to these new places and experience in the, you know, earth kingdom, queendom, them. <laughs> so I want you to know that like, you here listening, you receiving this guidance, like you are a leader. You are meant to lead people. If you are coming here to receive my direction, it's because you are a leader of a certain pack and you have a group that you're meant to guide and you have people that you are meant to be in service to. And you're only receiving these messages, not because I know anymore or I have any more information, but because I'm meant to be a guide for leaders. And I want to invoke that in you. I really want you to feel that and know that and believe that about yourself, that you are here to be, to be a different, to lead a different world, to be a, rep, a new representation of leadership, to show up to the world in a way that leads by example, 
that is an embodiment of what you are here to be guiding and teaching and supporting others through. And I feel like I've said this, you know, in a couple different ways in the last two episodes, but like the way in which you're here to make money, the way in which you are here to experience success, the way in which you're meant to use your energy for things that are more fun and playful and less on things that are traumatizing and abusive is going to be super unique to you. And not only that, but what you are learning, the fires that you're walking through, you're, you're becoming an embodied template of those pathways so that you can guide and lead others through those fires too. So I think that the reason so many of us projectors struggle with making money, with finding the balance between like living in a generator world and knowing that we have something to serve and something to offer, but feeling totally blown out or under-resourced because we're operating under generator guidelines is because we're here to do things differently. We have, we see, and we have probably seen since we were little kids looking around at the adults that the way things are going here isn't going to last for much longer. We're stripping the earth of resources. We're stripping the human body of resources. There's more chronic dis-ease than ever. And if we can learn how to remap that in our own bodies, in our own personal earth projects, in our own curriculum that we've been given to move through and walk through and also to then become a guide for, we are opening up those energetic pathways for others to explore and to walk to the other side of that mountain too. So anything that you're facing right now, anything that feels hard to master or hard to come by or why did human design come into my life and tell me I meant to play and have fun, but my life doesn't feel like that at all. Like this, this ask of your soul, this like need and want inside of you to do things a different way is purposed. And, you know, I said on the last podcast, like, yes, that requires us cleaning up some of the energetic junk on this planet. It requires us turning poisons that were normalized into medicines that can heal the general consciousness of this planet. It's it's about us being okay with knowing what our life came here to serve us and recognizing that it's not happening to us, but it's happening for us. And if we can see all in which of the ways that life has prepared us and strengthened us and encouraged us to find our own way, to be our own selves, to trust ourselves even more, to learn to get out of horrible situations so that we could show others that there is a way out. That's part of it. That's part of what you're doing here and now. That's part of why you've discovered you're a projector. That's part of why you're asking the question of how to be more successful in business or how to be more successful and managing your playful energy with your with your work or your uh, job or whatever it is that you're doing and spending your energy on. You're asking these questions because you're here to figure out the answers because not many people ask these questions or I should say not many people ask these questions before us. There wasn't there wasn't the capability to ask these questions. We were living in a time of survival, like really like up until the last, like our parents' generation. And I'd say even through our parents' generation, they were still working through 
the traumatization of having to survive, of having to be immigrants, of having to escape lands of persecution, of having to move to a new place and build new societies and oftentimes take over other people's land in order to do so, in order to uh, free themselves from the hardships that they were in prior. And, you know, I'm speaking from America, right? I'm speaking from a Western society. I'm speaking from a place of privilege, knowing that I have a lot of resources. There, I have a lot of community that I can lean back on if I need to. I I have lighter skin, you know? Like, I, I know that there's, like, I'm speaking from this level of having some... Um, some greater privilege over some people that are in different situations around the world. But I also think that we were all born with our own personal privileges. Like I used to look around and see people that were feeling well and that just had health like given to them freely as having a certain privilege that I didn't have, that they, they got to feel well in their body. And even if they struggled in many other areas of their life, like at least they had the physical capacity to show up and do those things. Whereas I always felt like if I personally were met with some of those challenges of the able-bodied people that I am around or that I was seeing or looking at when thinking these things, that I wouldn't have as much of a capacity to move through those challenges and do things in the way that they were doing it. And so I say that because it's like we all have this certain thing that we're gifted when we come here that allows us to show up to the trials and tribulations that are soul mapped for us to learn who we are, to learn our place in the world, and to learn who we can become by embodying and emboldening our soul's purpose and our human mission and our ancestral lines, um, willingness and um intention to move on, to continue to evolve and to continue to recreate itself and to continue to become the next big thing and move into the next stages of life. But I feel like no matter where we are on the planet, no matter where you are listening to this, no matter who you are listening to this, in all stages of your privilege, right, in all stages of having it or not having it, what you are here to learn and work through is to become the embodied guide for it to lead others. And that's the difference between the old paradigm leaders and the new paradigm leaders. Projectors are the new paradigm leaders. We're not here to do things like the generations before us. We're not here to do things like the manifestors and the generators of the world. We're here to show people a different way. And that way is from a place of embodiment. It's also from a place of not taking power. So a lot of our lives are going to learn processes of feeling powerless so that we can invoke our own personal power so we can show others that also feel powerless how to do the same. And that doesn't come from us taking it from them or taking from others to give to them. It comes from being a personal embodiment of moving from powerlessness to power and showing others that there is a map to do so, that there is a a lived template of experience through you that you can guide them to and through. And not even like that you're doing anything for them, but you being you allows the consciousness of earth, the human conscious mainframe to update and recalibrate and send those codes 
either into the person's aura or at least make them available to every single person on the planet so that they can update, receive, and download those codes into their life if they're at the point that they're willing and ready to do so. So I just want you to know that like if you're struggling, if you're feeling like, why me? If you're confused learning about being a projector and knowing that there's more, like keep living your life. Keep being who you are. Keep learning about yourself. Keep discovering the magic and the mundane because I promise you it's there. Keep showing up to life as something that's happening for you instead of to you. And seeing how that shift in perspective, though very subtle, can be grandiose in what it changes for you from the inside out and the outside in. Updating the fields of consciousness for all of human life to receive that energetic code too. So when I asked for more information for us, right? (laughs) The other day I actually did a reading and I was like, okay, what's my next steps to make more money? Like, how can I resource and support myself even more? And the guides were like, go back and listen to your podcast that you just recorded for everybody about cleaning up the kind of energetic debris and using the resources that are already here, right? Like, that's a big one too. Like, there's already so much energy on this planet. There's already so many resources here for us. And part of like, cleaning up the muck, right? Like cleaning up the emotional messes is like getting to discover hidden gems that were buried under the trash or that were buried under the dirt. You know, it's like part of being the cleanup crew is that we get to find some of the gems that are hidden in what other people discarded as not good enough or not new enough or not pretty or perfect enough. And so like, that's also a lot of the times what my guides tell me is like, Go listen to your own offering. (laughs) Go listen to your own transmission. Go read what you wrote in your journal yesterday. I said this on on an episode in season one that a lot of the offerings I've been creating, I thought I was creating for other people. And of course, like some people sign up for things, but there's been a couple where nobody signed up. And it became so clear that like I created these offerings for me. And, and that's part of the, like, I would go to my guides and be like, I need help. I need support. And they would be like, yeah, go do the healer's journey that you created thinking you were making it for somebody else. But yet it all came through you when you were in your own fires of healing initiation, you know, like my autoimmune disease came out of remission this year for the first time in like over 13 or 14 years. And I was lost and confused and why did this happen? And I thought I healed it and all of these things, you know, but it was like such a magical experience because one, like there were so many little hidden gems everywhere saying and showing me like, yeah, this is your work here. Like you're here to heal the human body, like (laughs) heal your lineage, like heal the trauma that's been done to your ancestors through you. That's part of it. You're not getting out of this just by thinking that you uh, have started on a new path. Like this will come up in new ways. So just telling you that like if things are coming up again for you to look at, that's there's a rhyme to that reason. And it's just probably part of your greater mission here on earth. 
but I was like, how do I heal? Like, what do I do going to doctors and coaches and this and that? And like, I went to so many doctors, y'all. So many doctors that had no answer for me, <laughs> had nothing to give me. I would do all these tests. They were like, everything looks fine, but let's hop you up on a bunch of medicine anyways, because that's all they know how to do is prescribe medicine. And then the thing that healed me was running my offering, the healer's journey through my body, which is this breathwork journey that I created for for me, I guess, but for people. I mean, I've had a few people go through it and have this experience, but to go to like the guru that lives inside of your own body and to get the answers, the medicine, the codes, and bring it back into the world in a way that one heals you through you, but then also becomes your next medicine to like give and transmit and offer to others. And so I did that. I ran the offering through my body. (laughs) I ran it through once for the incredible migraines I was having Got that message, figured out what that was. Of course, it didn't require medicine. It required healing my uh, female lines in my body, my female DNA. Ran the offering through my body again for the stomach problems I was having. And that led me on this path of different herbs, different diets. And then again, coming back into the one message I needed to hear, which was from my inner child, (laughs) my inner child being like, I need you to cook us food like mom used to do and stop eating out and eating fast food or expecting others to cook. Like, I don't feel safe because our mom died. I need you to cook us food like she did. Good, nutritious, intentional meals like she did. And then, of course, got that message, started cooking myself intentional meals. My gut started healing. So I know this is kind of like a personal story, but again, like I feel like there's something here for you too. Like what offerings have you created? What guidance have you given to others that is actually meant to serve you? What energy has already been created? What energy is already available for you to receive more resource resource from, to receive more money from, to receive more health antidotes from? to receive more um, gifts and guidance from. Like we offer guidance to others because running it through their aura allows us to receive the re- like the rest of the message or the next steps of the message or the completion of the guidance that wants to transmit. It doesn't complete inside of us. It completes through us uh, focusing in on another, understanding how the message and the guidance and the energy is meant for the other transmitting the message for the other, recalibrating that through the other, and then completing the cycle through our own life and self from their invitation, right? Like from them being open to receive the energy intel, to receive that guidance and and go on that kind of circulatory journey with us. So what do you have right now where you can have more fun and play if that's what you need more of? Like what's available to you there for that? where you don't have to go and search and seek, but can instead just resource from what is already on your path? How can you make more money off of what you've already created? Can you recreate something to make more money? Can you offer something you've created to a different population that might need it, right? Again, like we talked about in the last episode, you might need to go into different populaces and be and bring your energy and aura into different spaces and places with with different people because that's what the invitation is, or that's what God is inviting you into, is to help um, 
transmit the codes to all different types of people and to all different places and spaces. And you might just be being invited to start to share your magic elsewhere, to have to get a job somewhere so that you meet this person or this group of people that then finds out you have this incredible offering, tells all their friends about it, and then suddenly you've just made more money than you could have possibly imagined. So these are just some intels and some insights. It's just to like resource from what you have. One of the messages was like, we have like a well, a wellspring of knowledge inside of us. Like we have stored energy in our DNA. We have stored intel in our DNA. And can we remember that like through the journeys of like those like desert times when it feels like resources are dry, the water has run up, there's not like anything that you can see for a while that's going to help to refill your tank and revitalize you. Can you resource and recognize that like everything you already need is inside of you? Everything is already available to you inside of your own body. Despite what human design says of you and we needing someone else to live our lives. Like we need the invitations if we want to move somewhere, if we want to enter into a relationship with somebody, if we need to give somebody or want to give somebody advice, um, and if we're taking a job. I think I didn't say that one yet. But like to live your life, to be who you are, to like have life source, to have your play, like you don't need an invitation from that. You don't need anybody else to invite you to do that. Like you can play without the invite. You can create something without the invite. You can share yourself, your wisdom, your guidance, your offerings, your creations with the world without the invite. Like you putting yourself out there is absolutely acceptable in this human design game. It's how people find you, right? It's how people discover what it is that you're doing behind the scenes is by you sharing and letting people see you in some light. So resourcing and connecting with what is already inside of you and, and trusting that like what you have available to you is going to get you through the desert to the next oasis where you can then replenish and refill and revitalize yourself for the next pilgrimage that comes. There was another message that came through again about eating and drinking and consuming substances or elements or whatever more consciously and so I'm, I'm curious if this is like a projector thing that we've gotten really hooked into either um like anything right like food drugs alcohol smoking television uh sex like anything that like could potentially i mean not all drugs but like could potentially be in our lives if we have a good relationship with them. But if we overconsume and overdo and overuse, become really dangerous to our bodies and ourselves and others. And I think, you know, because we have this lack of energy, this lack of a sacral inside of us, like it's, it, at least for me, became very easy to get like deep into substances and to get really hooked on chronic like binging cycles of many, many different things. I feel like I went through a binge of many <laughs> different elements from food to television to weed to cigarettes to alcohol to, I, I mean, plant medicines and psychedelics I was always pretty conscious on. Um, but it became this kind of like, oh, I can't do this until I use those things. I can't socialize until I drink. 
I can't go out and do things until I smoke a pack of cigarettes. And, you know, I think because of the fact that we are trying to keep up with the generator society, like these types of substances and things can become really easy for us to rely on, to lean on, to become enmeshed with. You know, we've talked about like becoming enmeshed with other people. So we can also become hooked on people, right? On generator MG energy, like feeling like without them, we are not enough. Without them, we can't do the thing. But this also is our relationships with other, um, I, I was going to say less tangible things. I guess you can say less tangible things, but, you know, holding a glass of wine is totally tangible. But with other things that aren't as, like, alive, even though they are really alive, even though everything has a spirit to it, right? Alcohol, our spirits, cannabis is absolutely a spirit. Tobacco is a spirit that natives work with and honor it as such. Um, if you've done psychedelics, like they each have their own spirit and element that they invoke inside of you. So our work is to be in better relationship with all of these things, right? And to not get hooked on any of them in order to feel like we're enough or that we have the capacity or that we have the energy or that we have the resource to do the thing we need to do. And that's not saying you have to stop doing all of these things or it's not saying you have to stop doing whatever it is that you do because cold turkey quitting things is usually not how that works, right? Like you usually don't build a healthy relationship with something by completely restricting it and thinking like, that's it, wipe my hands of that, everything's good here. It's it's usually about like being in relationship with the thing and realizing when the thing is an abusive relationship or a um, unhealthy relationship and then either becoming in better relationship with it or dissolving that relationship consciously. Of course, this is for people and for substances and for food and for TV and sex and like all of these things that are very like, they're all sacral chakra things, which is so interesting, right? Because like the sacral chakra, and I'm, I'm this is from like my Vedic studies of the chakra system, but it also is the sacral energy center in human design. Like that center runs our addictions. That center runs our ability to binge and restrict that center is like all about substance abuse and poisonous behavior and overindulging in life's pleasures or the reverse, like completely restricting, completely closing down that area, wearing a chastity belt and not allowing yourself to enjoy the like delights of life, you know, very Taurus energy. Like we're, we're, we all have Taurus in us. We're, we're all meant to enjoy the pleasures and the, um, sensations and the, uh, there's a word I'm trying to think of here, but the, the, the pleasures of life, like that's, that's part of being on earth. That's part of why we're here. So the sacral is like all about that. When you learn about that and, and, um, in, from, from the Vedic studies, from the chakra system of like that when you're doing sacral work or when the sacral is out of balance, it's because like, I mean, there's many things here, but like you can look at it very clearly of like sexual energy or overexposing yourself to sexual energy, maybe taking in or giving out um, your sexual energy, your precious sexual life force, creative energy to and from people that you 
are in misalignment with that you actually like on a very soul level like do not really want to be exchanging energy with or on a body level like it's not healthy for the body to be exchanging energy with and then the opposite of that is like not having sex at all completely having that area of your body turned off having no sexual stimuli having no sex drive feeling like completely numb down there so so that's the sacral right and so because we have this open sacral we we're just predisposed to that we're predisposed to feeling like we need so much of it to feel complete because we're not comfortable with the emptiness of it so we're constantly we can be I'm not saying you are but we can be constantly overfilling overstimulating trying to pour more of this kind of sacral energy into the sacral center in order to feel like it's full or it's at the same capacity as the generators next to us or, and this goes for anybody with an open sacral, right? We can be constantly trying to fill and not being okay with the emptiness, not recognizing that that's just a natural part of our experience is like that sometimes that place will be empty and sometimes that place will be um, unstimulated. And then the opposite of like that is closing off that center completely and not allowing those invitations to come in, not allowing the energetics of an invitation to fill up that space and to give resource and life force and and stimulation to that sacral center, to that sacred center, right? The sacral area is like very sacred, sacral, sacrum, right? The fused bone at the back of your spine is connected to your sacral. It's all very sacred spaces of the body and of the aura, of the energy body. So... (laughs) Working with that, understanding that that's part of it and to be really conscious about that as you move forward. Because if you're super filled up with a bunch of stuff that isn't part of your plan, part of your play, part of your life force, part of your money-making capabilities, part of your creative projects and your creativity, if you're filling up that space with substances with cigarettes, with sex, with things that are not in alignment, there's no room for invitations. There's no room for more creative energy to come in. There's no room for your sacral to be empty so that it can be poured into and filled up by future endeavors, by future more more proper work-life balances. So getting really conscious about your... um, Things that you binge, things that you restrict, things that you're addicted to, things that you feel like you need. And recognizing that potentially these are just my my guide's opinions. This is not human design related necessarily, but it is. Is that clearing out some of that space, getting more conscious about what you invoke energy into that space through getting into better relationship with every single thing and every single person that you are exchanging energy with in that space or in any of the spaces in your body um, is going to be a really important key to unlocking the success that we're all looking for, to getting paid for your magic, to not feeling so burnt out or overwhelmed by life because you're burning yourself out on things that are actually overwhelming your system. This is a sidebar. (laughs) I grew up in 
Reno, Nevada. So Northern Nevada. And I always used to tell people, not Vegas, because everyone here is Nevada. And it's Nevada, not Nevada. Everyone here is Nevada. And they're like, oh, Las Vegas. No, I grew up in Reno. But I used to go to Vegas all the time, because that's just kind of what you did growing up in Reno. And Vegas (laughs) is a really good example of uh, imbalanced sacral chakra. Or, I mean, you can be really imbalanced there, but it's also just a lot of like sacral chakra temptation, right? Gambling. Everything is over-sexualized there, right? Like it's the high heels and the short skirts and the strippers or you can't get into a club kind of situation. Uh, Alcohol everywhere. Money everywhere. Um, Substances everywhere. Uh, Like just like very overstimulating sounds and noises and people like the people there really overwhelming. (laughs) Everything's really lavish and overdone and like food is like plates and plates and buffets and just like everything is so much. That's why people like to go there, right? It's like you're going to the middle of nowhere, Nevada desert, and like you can quote unquote experience Paris and New York, New York, and the pyramids and Egypt and Seattle and like all these different things in one little city because like all these hotels represent these different places in the world. So Vegas, if you've (laughs) never been there or if you have been there, like that's a good example of like big sacral chakra stimulation and in my opinion a really great place to go and balance your sacral chakra if you are curious about what that feels like i will no longer be going to vegas um it's also too like the heat and the water in vegas like there's People spend all their days in the pools or going to spas where there's little pools because it's hot and it's fiery and it's desert. And that was another one of the messages from the guide is like finding the balance between water and fire. And I think that's like kind of the polarity of the sacral chakra too is like it has this vast well so it can be filled up with water. But if we're burning out ourselves, then we're burning out the resource of that well as well. It's like a cauldron, right? Like everything you put into that cauldron gets cooked up. And if you're not conscious and clear about what potions you're making, you can make a potion that is a spell for disaster. So water and fire, what, how does that show up in your life? (laughs) How do you connect to balancing water and fire? Okay. So I think the last message here about being successful in business, about balancing your energy, about finding ways to both put food on the table as well as play and have a fun life. Again, (laughs) so interesting. Of course, now I'm, I'm talking about this, like so many threads are weaving themselves together. But the final message was doing our inner parenting work and working with what we inherited, what we learned, from the dominant masculine figure in our life, usually the father, and what we learned from the dominant female figure in our life, usually the mother. And this is both like in your life, in your experiences, and what you're taking in, 
And it's also biological. It's also how were your strands of DNA woven together by the masculine templates and the feminine templates that created sperm and egg and you were birthed. So this feels really big to me because the sacral, <laughs> the sacral center is where all this happens, right? It's where the male energy is inserted into the female energy. It deposits a creative energy life force. The female energy gestates and creates and forms this creative potential into something living, breathing, and being. And the female energy sends this energy out into the world. This happens physically, the masculine and feminine physically come into a sacred union in this space, right? Like that's that's the physical insertion point. <laughs> and then also it's where the masculine and feminine DNA gets woven into to make a child. So this is also where these two energies come together to create something new, something new in form. It also feels so tied to this conversation because we're working with the polarities of like binging, restricting, having fun, being playful, but also having to put food on the table. Being a projector who's more of a feminine template, projectors come in all bodies, all forms. Projectors are more of a feminine energy. We're receptive. We're waiting to receive an invitation. We're ready to be invoked into our next piece of guidance or our next play in life. And it comes from this masculine coming in. We have to be able to hold space for it. At the same time, projectors can penetrate into another and absorb the other into the projector aura. So the projector kind of has this way of like both being able to step into the masculine when we've been invited in and to also receive information and to invite in new guidance based on who we're exchanging energy with, which is like, side note, why it's really important to be very clear about your authority when you receive an invitation and making sure you're entering into these invitations correctly because you are, in this very energetic sense, having intercourse. Is that too far? But you are, in an energetic sense, having this kind of like mating ritual with the other's aura where you're moving inside of them, you're crossing a boundary, you're bringing them back into your energy, you're crossing your own boundary to bring their information in, which is why we projectors need to be so clear about what we're meshing with, what we're focusing on, what we're not having our own clear boundaries with, where we cannot can and cannot feel where we end and someone else begins so that it becomes very confusing when we're trying to clear and release and return energy back to sender because we don't know what's ours and what's someone else's because we're too enmeshed, we're too woven. We've become the not self, right? We've become the other. We're walking around as not ourselves. We become this embodiment of whoever it is or whatever it is, whatever substance we're working with also um, through this interplay. So being really clear, right? Being very conscious about what your authority is, right? Like if you need some time after an invitation, if you're an emotional authority, ride your waves before saying yes to somebody. If you are a splenic authority like myself 
and you have that gut knowing right off the bat, listen. (laughs) Listen to it. Don't try to override it with your mind, which of course takes time and becoming quiet and getting right with the subtle. But your authority is so important. It's right up there with your strategy of waiting for the invitation. It's right there. They cannot be separated um, because you can get an invitation that's not right for you. You can be, you can have been invited in to do some substance a long time ago and your body might have said no then. You might have not listened. You might have done that thing, gotten hooked into that thing. <laughs> and now you might be still doing that thing long after you got the initial invitation. And now you might be having a hard time getting out, unhooking, right? Getting out of your addictive patterns and behaviors. So this is why it's good to become clear. And if you're there already, which all of us are, being like, oh, this was a thing that I shouldn't have done or that I was supposed to do as part of my deconditioning process so I could learn how to decondition, so I could learn to stop smoking cigarettes, so I could show other people as an embodied practitioner that it can be done and that it can be done in our own intuitive ways and not by wearing a nicotine patch. I'm a walking example of that. <laughs> so <laughs> your authority is really important. End note. But the message from the guides of starting to do your inner parenting work and starting to look at things that you learned from your father and starting to look at things that you learned from your mother. So this becomes very like deep work that we cannot do all in just this podcast episode. That I can all I I whew, I can probably just scratch the surface here of what this would look like, but there's so much more that can be done. There's so many layers to this, and it really takes like a very clear guide to lead you through it. But life, if you ask life, <laughs> if you ask life to give you some codes and some help and to present to you either a teacher if you want it, or life as your teacher, or a planet as your teacher or a plant medicine as your teacher to show you what you picked up from your parents or your um, dominant male and female figures and how you can reweave more aligned templates inside of your body, like life will show up for you. Who, Whomever you call in as a trusted advisor will show up for you. So when we're asking the question about how to be successful in business, that question is not just a a masculine answer. And when I say masculine and feminine, like I'm not talking about boy and girl. I'm talking about the masculine energy templates and the feminine energy templates. I'm talking about the way that the solar sun moves out, lights up, brings heat, brings life force, activates, and the feminine lunar templates of energy that receives that life force, that reflects that life force, that is able to be in the wildness of that life force and not afraid to move between the polarities of being full of it and being empty of it. So in case you were questioning that, just just make sure you keep retuning back into that. We're not talking about male and female here. We're talking about the the lines of energy. In, In Vedic studies, this is called Ida and Pingala. The, the masculine and the feminine, the outward and the inward. And so 
like I said before that I, you know, ran the healer's journey, that breathwork program through my body, and I realized for migraines, I needed to do some healing with my feminine line. What I didn't say was like, I physically went inside of my own energetic DNA strands and had to pull in a clear template of information and reweave that new energy into my body, into my central channel, my Shashumna Nadi, into my mainframe of consciousness. You can do this. I can't tell you exactly how right now, but it's possible. I believe in you. I believe in you to do this on your own and or find a guided practitioner. If you're interested in the healer's journey, I'll link it below, though I cannot promise that that's what your inner body guru will show you. That's just what mine showed me. So we're working with like the physicality of the DNA inside of our body, but also knowing that that DNA can be updated, recalibrated, disintegrated, um, re-envisioned. And a lot of it is like, what's that like phrase? Like, is it biology? Is it evolution? Or is it social conditioning? Is it what we learned? So a lot of our DNA and our biology was like learning as we were growing up, learning in those first couple years of life. Our feminine was interwoven in our body, but it was still looking out, like trying to see how the feminine was acting around, especially the feminine from the mother or especially the feminine from the father, right? Like the father's mother, the father's sister. The feminine inside of us was also looking out like like learning and, and asking to be conditioned by what was right there. So there's the biological component that we receive that is, as they say, concrete, but yet our cells change every seven years. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly transmuting, transforming, and shifting. So that's, to me, that's like, that's not an end note. That's not a like, the biology is this and you can never change it. It's like this was passed on and it can be updated through my conscious evolution. So it's it's in those first few years of life that like your biology, your cells are learning through your experience. Your feminine is learning how the feminine reacts to other women, how the feminine reacts to the man and vice versa, how the male reacts to other men how the man the male reacts to other females how the how these two opposite energy templates intermingle and weave and conversate and argue and love each other or hate each other play with each other or abuse each other we're con- we are little sponges of children just picking up on everything we're little tiny masters of the cosmos like downloading what's happening on earth at this time So part of our work as projectors in business and as projectors trying to find that like template of success of like, this is how we live our lives and how business gets to be fun and easy and we get to make money and do the thing, however it is that that shows up. And also we have ample time for rest, play and restoration is by looking at how we learn to uh, operate in the world through our parents or through those dominant figures and learning about how whoever it was in the family that provided the money, the food. And this could be your mom too, right? Like the feminine's been running a dominantly masculine energy on this planet in their bodies for so long. And it's kind of like, in my opinion, why we're seeing a lot of the breaking down of gender identity in this conversation of like, 
what is sex, what is gender, what is biology, what is this, what is that in the context of masculine and feminine is because like we're so hyper-polarized to running masculine energy through our bodies as both men and as women and, and didn't allow the fluidity and spectrums of consciousness to flow through us, recognizing that each of us holds masculine and feminine energy in our body and we're meant to move between the two, especially as we individuate, especially as we become more conscious embodied God beings on planet earth. And so now it's like, we're having this new generation come in and be like, all right, I'm not playing this game anymore. (laughs) Like we're gonna fuck shit up. We're gonna show you that, that this construct that was created is not true, that there's not just one way to run energy on this planet. There's a multitude And it operates on a spectrum that we just want the energy to flow on again. So we're going to show you a complete others, like a complete other side of the spectrum on this. And then we're going to bring like that action is bringing it all back into a more, um, a more neutral state. It's like neutralizing it back to it to be in flow. Um, so like your mother may have ran a lot of masculine energy. Your mother may have been your sole provider. Your mother been, may have been the one going out, buying the food, paying the bills, being strong for her family. Um, your father could have been, I mean, I guess there's probably some cases where fathers could have ran a more feminine template of energy and stayed home while the work, wife worked. But I feel like that's happening more now. Um, and... Of course, now there's like all these other constructs of gender that like we can discuss. So I'm going to try to keep it pretty simple. So learning and seeing like what energy, like how did your life show you how to go out, provide for yourself, put food on your table, take care of yourself, kind of like a more masculine or what the guides are showing me is like the energy of the elk versus the energy of the deer. Like how did the energy of the elk who has this like, very strong appearance, this very strong mainframe, this very father-like energy, go out and plunder the fields for resource for the family and bring that back. And then how did this more kind of feminine context of the mother or the healer or the space holder or the nurturer receive that food, receive that resource, um, hold space for more of that to come through, become a container for that energy to like fill up like a vessel. And so that's looking at how you were parented by the father archetype and the mother archetype. That's looking at how your DNA is woven inside of your own body from the masculine lines and lineages from the feminine lines and lineages. And like you have feminine energy also coming from your father line. You have masculine energy also coming from your mother in line. So look at like, if you know this, like what people did for work, what people did for play, both your parents and your grandparents on both sides, was play allowed? Was play invited? Was free time allowed? Was rest allowed? Or were they just struggling for survival? Were they immigrants outrunning um, uh, like pain? Were they, uh, and I'm like, I'm speaking from my own kind of like as it's coming through, you know, like my, my grandparents were immigrants. Like they came to this country from fear of being persecuted. Like I work on that regularly and me sharing and going out and putting out this information out to people, like letting myself be seen, letting people know me, 
there's still a fear of persecution that has and has to continue to be healed inside of my own body. So it's very common not to know how to play anymore because our ancestors didn't get really to play. They like were really struggling to survive. They were struggling under dominant patriarchal, maybe social like contexts and structures where there was a lot of fear that you had to really be one way or live one way or you wouldn't be accepted or allowed or um, invited into things, right? And and in the opposite, you could have been killed, sent to concentration camps, made slaves. Like these are what we're working with in the present moment here and now. We're not separate from it. It lives in our DNA. And it's the first time ever that we've had enough privilege in our lives in this experience to even be asking these questions of like, how do I get to play more? How do I get to start my own business? How do I achieve success? <laughs> how do I create a podcast? Like, how do I put my voice out there? How do I become a guide? Like these questions that we're asking, like it, it's been fought, this type of freedom, this level of freedom has been fought for by our ancestors for eons or at least centuries, right? Like they were never allowed to ask this question, these questions that we're getting to ask now. They were never allowed to have these conversations that we are having now. So it's like what you're asking as the question of like projectors in business, new templates for success, how to play more, how to have like more freedom from energy when I have all of this trauma and pain and hardship that I've gone through. It's like that's part of the healing work that you are doing and will continue to do to get to answer that question. Because if you're asking the question, that means that an answer is coming. Your future self has the answer. You wouldn't be asking if there wasn't an answer available in some space-time dimensional frequency. So the fact that you're asking is good enough. That question will guide you where you need to go. That question is the path. It's the mission. It's the purpose. It's it's the potential for you to be taken on a, a journey of healing and magnetism and magic and to find one day that you are the answer. You are the embodied answer. And that being the embodied answer means that you just living your life gets to answer that question for others. So reparenting your inner child, right? Like I talked about that a long time ago. I don't even know how long this podcast episode is. It's probably pretty long. But going back and being with that inner child, trying to discover what your inner what you, your little you love to do for play, what your little you used to do to free up energy, right? You had tantrums for a reason. You cried for a reason. You screamed for a reason. You know, when you were young enough or before some parental figure shut you down or quieted you down. You shook your body for a reason. You buried yourself in the dirt for a reason. So starting to do some things to reparent that inner child, to give that inner child some love and attention and like also some protection and support, right? Like my inner child was like, you need to cook us better meals. Like it's not all fun and play. Like you have enough fun and play. Like now you need to do some serious responsible stuff to take care of us. And that's like the father coming in, right? Like that was the 
the masculine energy my mother ran, right? Was like nurturing the family, but in a way that was like, we're having dinner every night at this time and it's going to be nutritious and you're going to eat what's good for you. So reparenting the inner child, reparenting the you that's here now, like how do you need to have more structure? How do you need to have more flow? How do you need to give out energy? How do you need to receive more energy? And then also doing some of that like inner work of like dissecting like what lives in your DNA? What have you inherited in your bloodline? Like what is the woven template of your masculine side and your feminine side? And what did you both receive and also what did little you learn by being a witness to that energy outside of you? Like did the women in your family like each other? Did they support each other? Did they love each other? Did the men in your life have each other's backs? Did they give to each other? Did they uplift each other? You know, like all of these things are things we've encoded inside of us and they're ways in which we are now naturally expressing our beingness in the world. And and so that's going to be super unique to everybody. And like maybe at some point I can get even into more of these nuances. I feel like it would have to be in more of like a private setting um, than just putting out here what I mean about some of these like little particles of this. But really getting to know like what you learned as a baby about like how to be a man and how to be a woman, both, both of these spectrums in your own body. How did you learn how to provide? How did you learn how to get out there? How did you learn how to be you? How did you learn how to receive on the other end? How did you learn how to nurture? How did you learn how to caretake? How did you learn how to play and be free and be feminine and be fluid and wild in your ways? Was that allowed? Were you allowed to be feminine? Was your skin allowed to be shown? Right? Or like, was that shut down? Were you conservative or liberal? And I don't mean this in like political standpoints. I mean like, were you raised in conservative paradigms and constructs or was your family more liberal and free with you? So these are questions to ask. These are like journeys to go on. These are threads to pull at and to see what comes out for you. Because especially with like projectors in business, like we have to have a really beautiful harmony of this frequency and form, this like giving out and pulling in, this showing up in our creative potential and also being able to receive what life has to offer us, to receive the the place and the path that life is giving to us and wants to co-create with us. It, it just keeps coming through here, so I'm going to just say this. There's a really great book. It's called The Celestine Prophecy. If I remember, I'll link it below. But um, that book was one of my like first books that helped in my like a- awakening process. And that book, like he talks about like the templates of the mother and the father of like learning like what your father did for a living, what your mother did for a living, or specifically he says, what did you learn from your father that you liked? And what did you learn from your father that you really want to be a change for? And same with your mother. What did you learn from your mother that you want to carry on, that you want to be an embodiment of, that you want to keep moving through the ancestral lines? And what did you learn from your mother that is stopping with you or stopping with her? That is not going to keep evolving. That is not going to be a part of your life. And, and that's like maybe a good place to start is just like, what is it that you're allowing to continue? And what is it that you're stopping? 
or not allowing or disregarding as not self? <laughs> and like, can you see that from both perspectives? Because it's it, it's going to be both, both and. Your masculine and feminine both have to have a say in the game. Your personal adult self now and your inner child and your inner teenager is all going to have to say have a say in the game. Your future self and your past self are all going to have to have a say in the game. Your guides and your allies are all going to want a say in the game. And they're here to support you, of course. So like what they say is here to guide you. But it's like there's a lot of different mainframes to look at your success templates, to look at your business templates, to look at your play templates, your freedom templates. And, And the guides have just made it clear that it's like starting with you. It's not going to get a coach. It's not going to take a business class. It's not going outside to learn something, right? We're not doing outer authority anymore. We're doing inner authority work now. We're finding the answers within ourselves. And and that inner authority work might eventually lead you to taking a business class, right? It could lead there if that's a system that you're meant to learn. If you're meant to be a marketing, um, if you're meant to learn the system of marketing or the system of economics or the system of this or that, but like you don't get there before tuning into you first, before listening to your own inner guru first, before receiving that message from your body first. Okay, this was a long one, but it feels like a really good one. That feels like a really kind of important message that came through. And I'm super grateful to the guides for inviting us back in for this kind of third chapter of this conversation because I really appreciate that all of this is like sacral center work. (laughs) And it's like also what we're here to learn as projectors is like how to be a non-energy being and how to learn from the others that are energy beings that have that sacral center defined and how to like be a woven master or master the weaving of the masculine feminine DNA lines that live inside of you that were born in a sacral center that were created in two people's sacral centers and created you, the magic of you that is here and listening right now. All right. So I think I'm going to leave it there. That feels pretty complete. I'm super grateful if you listen to this. Um, if you have some feedback or questions or suggestions, like, I read every review. I read every response to any of the podcast episodes. If you're on Spotify, you can respond to each episode individually. I'm on Instagram, you know, as Wellness Weaver, Wellness underscore Weaver. You can find me there. Um, Send me a message, though. (laughs) I will say that that might be changing a little bit because I receive a lot of messages on Instagram and I might be having to put up some more boundaries with that. So you can also send me an email, (laughs) Eliana, E-L-I-A-N-A at wellnessweaver.com. That's probably where we can have a more in-depth conversation. And I'm also feeling some uh, energy readings that are coming in the near future. And those will be opened probably very small batch um, in a very kind of unique way that works for my energy and I think will work for other projector energies really well. And I'm going to have to meet my capacity with that. And also, I want to make them really affordable. So anyways, keep an eye out for that. Join the newsletter or find me on Instagram. And 
yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to be creating new templates for success in business as an entrepreneur, as like inner child Ellie that loves to play and have fun and does that as part of her work, as part of this magic, like this is, this is my playtime. So thank you so much for being here to play with me and to be in this experience of the Projector Playground. I could not have done this reading or any of this podcast without you, but specifically like knowing that you're receiving the messages from the guides, I think that they came in with a really potent message for us today. So for you specifically, you listener, thank you so, so much for your presence and for your offering of focus to this space. All right, I I feel like closing with my like closing prayer always that I do and just saying thank you to the guides, guardians, and allies. Thank you to Ra Uruhu. Thank you to the projector priestesses and the projector mainframe. Thank you to grandfather, grandmother, father, mother, air, earth, water, and fire. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the one source of all creation. Thank you, it is done. Thank you so much. And so it is. Amen. See you in the next episode, friends.